really nice to see you. If you don't know me, my name's Nigel. And if you do, my name's Nigel. So uh, you're on to a winner all the way. Um, any other Nigels in the house? Yes, Nigel Quarrel, thank you very much. Always good to know where the Nigels are. So yeah, we're in a series looking at the book of Acts. The book of Acts is um, an amazing story, really, of the New Testament, the brand new church, the followers of Jesus who encounter Jesus as risen from the dead, and they start this thing called the church, which you're sitting in right now. Not this building, but people, followers of Jesus. And we see those early accounts of how the church has grown. So we're going to be uh, looking in a moment in Acts chapter 1, so if you want to follow me with that, but the words will come up on the screen really soon. And as we do, as we're preaching, what we're doing as a community is we're saying, God, what are you saying to us today? What are you wanting to draw our attention to around what you're doing, but also what you're wanting to do in us and through us? So that's um, why we love to just look at the Bible and spend a few moments just trying to hear God as I'm speaking to you in my normal voice, but as Rachel prayed, actually, God, what are you saying through this? So I hope and pray that, God, that you would just anoint these words and that we would have ears to hear what you're saying and hearts of faith to receive that. Amen. All right, so um, today my topic is living with mystery, or as I like to call her, Lorna. That's my wife, by the way, not just some random Lorna. Living with mystery. Now, I don't know what you're like, whether you like mysteries, crime dramas, the whodunits. There's lots of mystery in the world. In fact, there's some big mysteries that have existed for a long time. The Mary Celeste. This was an old boat that basically just appeared. People found it was completely empty. And where was the crew? And no one knows. But there's lots of mysteries going around, mysteries that we're aware of, that we're living with. One of the mysteries happened, well, happened a long time ago, but in August, there was a very big search in Loch Ness in Scotland for the Loch Ness Monster. I don't know if you've seen that at all. So actually, there was someone who, um, he gave up his... Um, job about 30 years ago, moved from Dorset. We've got a photo of him called Steve Felton. Here he is, sitting next to Loch Ness, looking for the Loch Ness monster. He's dedicated his life to trying to find it. Turns out, he says, it's quite hard, <laughs> and he still hasn't found it, mainly because the whole thing was based on a hoax photograph, but don't tell them that. So that's the mystery of the Loch Ness monster. In fact, last month in September, a brand new book came out um, about someone who was a security agent on the day that JFK, the American president, was killed in Dallas, this book came out and amazing revelations of some brand new information. They didn't know about it. Put the slide up. That would be great. There he is, Paul Landis. Wow, the mystery continues. The conspiracy theories carry on. Who did kill JFK? How did it happen? It's been hugely investigated, and yet still no one quite seems to know how that happened. There's mysteries that we live with all the time. And you see, there's mysteries in the Bible as well. There's things, mysteries that we don't quite know. And what we're going to read about in Acts is a bit of a mystery. Uh, now, this passage might be familiar to you. We're going to put the slide up now and we'll read it together. And Jesus is with his disciples. Jesus is risen from the dead, but he hasn't gone back up to be with the Father in heaven. So he's hanging out with his disciples. And it says here, on one occasion, while Jesus was eating with the disciples, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, 
but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I highlight some of those phrases in yellow because that's what Claire Thompson does when she does her PowerPoints. And it raises a bit of mystery. You're like, oh, why are they highlighted in yellow? Wouldn't you like to know? Well, you're going to find out very soon. So there we go, mystery. A bit of mystery there. They were asking Jesus, so how's this all going to work out? When are you going to like sort it all out, restore Israel? And Jesus was very clear with them, you're not going to know this. So here's my first thing that I want to say about mystery is that we need to acknowledge mystery. Mystery is out there. It's a thing. It's a real thing that we need to acknowledge. There are things, mysteries that we don't know, things that we don't fully understand or may never find out. And the problem is this question about what God is doing and how God is going to act hasn't gone away. Right from the very earliest times, once the church started and going forward, people were asking this question, when is God going to do something? How is it all going to happen? In fact, people have been doing doomsday predictions around when the end of the world is going to be. So if you see a sign like this, judgment day on May the 21st, cry mightily unto God, don't worry. You see, no one knows when that time is going to be. So any claim to put a date on it, like an American TV evangelist called Harold Camping, who over the time of his ministry career had 12 goes at naming the end of the world, until by the end, and it still wasn't the end of the world, people gave up listening to him. There will not be a date that any of us will know. It is a false teaching of the church. If you hear anyone saying they know the date or you see a billboard sign, ignore it because that's really not what it's about and although we want to find out we want to know about this stuff it's just not going to be like that there isn't a date it's not known to us so here's my point we not only need to acknowledge that there's mystery but there's something important for all of you and you can take a big sigh of relief there are things you will never know now, speaking to one of my friends who's a teacher, he said, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. There's a lot of stuff I don't know about, even the stuff that I'm trying to teach. I find it all the time. If I'm talking to a mechanic about the car and they start explaining lambast sensors and stuff, I've, I'm nodding, but in my head I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but I bet it's expensive or whatever it is. There are lots of things. It's all right. You don't have to know everything. You can't know everything. There are lots of things you will never know. And as important for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, there's lots of things that we will never know about, things that we can't fully understand or appreciate, even if we work at it a lot. I'm going to read from you a little account in the Gospel of John, another uh, description of Jesus' life in John chapter 9. Jesus is again with the disciples, and they see someone, and it says this, as they were going along, they saw a man blind from birth. So Jesus' disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work, but while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. 
All right, so this is Jesus going a bit cryptic again. But what he's saying is that they're asking, so this guy's blind, so clearly something bad's happened and God's being punished. That's why is he being sinned. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you're getting this wrong. That's the wrong question to ask. But what I do want to say is that whilst I'm here, then I need to be at the work of the Father. I need to do the things of God. And for many of us, if we've been Christians for a while, we will have faced situations where we, have, we don't have answers to why some of our prayers are answered and some aren't. There's things that have happened to us or not happened that feel like a mystery. In fact, there can be even a mystery of, of suffering. Why has suffering happened in some ways? Why do we sometimes see breakthrough in answers to prayer and yet other times nothing happens? There's a mystery. And, and Jesus in many ways is giving the answer, we don't know. He's saying that himself. Why was this person born? We don't know. But maybe there's a better question to ask instead of why is, what is God doing in this situation? What is, how is God at work? Now, to be honest, we don't always know as well. There might be situations that at the time that we're, and we're like, God, this isn't great, and I don't even know how you're at work in this. Or it might be very clear to you, actually, God, I'm very aware of you in the midst of lots of things that I can't control, and that actually you're with me and you're present, even though I can't predict out the future or how this is going to play out. God, where are you in this? Is a really helpful question to ask, especially when we face suffering. So the first thing we need to do, we need to acknowledge that there is mystery in the world that we live with. And the second thing we need to do is that we need to avoid speculation. That's right, avoid speculation. It's a waste of time. A little further after Acts, there's a, a letter to a young church planter by someone called Paul. And he is writing this letter to encourage this young church leader. And we're just going to read a little bit of the passage because it all talks about here. Now, um, Timothy, who the letter is written to, is in Ephesus, which is a city. So it says, stay there in Ephesus that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. That's like lists of names. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. You see, one of the things with mystery is that we're slightly fascinated by it. It's something that catches our attention and we can't quite let it go. It intrigues us and it plays on our minds. We're a little bit wired. If things are unresolved, it can be a bit painful and maybe unsettling or uncomfortable. As we understand mystery in the Bible, it's not the absence of meaning in like, oh, I don't know. But actually often there's more meaning than we can understand. Mystery has more meaning than we can understand. So the idea of when is Jesus going to return to this earth that people are trying to predict to date it is, a, is a mystery that's real, that we believe that will happen. But we also understand lots of things have to happen before that happens. In fact, more things than probably we can get our heads around. But Jesus will return one day, that we do know, but we don't understand how it all plays out. 
So mystery can often be that there's far more going on than no one has a clue at all. The writer in Proverbs 30 says, actually, there's things too lofty for me, too much for me to understand. It's almost like there's too much that we can try and get our little heads round. So Paul is writing to Timothy to be really clear. Avoid speculation. Avoid these kind of conversations and trying to work things out. They're actually unhelpful. Some theology, how we believe God works, is speculative. What I mean by that is there's not very much information in the Bible about something. And yet, because we're keen and Christian and we get excited about things, we try and draw a lot, maybe out of a little. Let me give you an example of some speculations. One is hell. Heaven and hell that we often hear about. Hell, I believe, is a real thing. I believe it is the place of the very absence of God and the reality of God. So whatever God is, whatever the opposite of that is, I think that is hell. I believe in it, absolutely, that it's a thing, it's a place, it exists, it's real. But I don't know much more about that. I couldn't tell you exactly what it looks like or where it is or the temperature exactly or whatever. I just don't know. I don't understand it. In fact, the Bible says very little about it. It, it speaks in pictures and ideas, but it just doesn't give us very much. And so it would be wrong to speculate about all sorts of things around that, that probably no one can really know because we just speculate. But luckily, there's a lot of Christian literature out there if you do want to speculate. But I wouldn't say it's worth doing. I don't think it's going to bring life. I don't think it's going to draw me any closer to Jesus. But if you want to, I'm sure you can get caught up in it. So Paul is writing to Timothy saying there's people that really get into this stuff. And you need to avoid it. Actually, you need to tell them not just don't do it, but actually it can be damaging. It can be harmful. I recently saw a prophecy from a prophet prophesying about the month of October. And it was complete gibberish. Honestly, I mean, it was all christian language about things and God and stuff. But frankly, it made no sense whatsoever. And I thought, man, there is a lot of this stuff out there if you go looking for it. But I'd encourage you not to. Avoid speculations. It doesn't build us up. And one of the reasons that Paul writes to that in that passage to Timothy is that it actually stops the work of God being done. It gets in the way of that. We need to avoid speculation as we fail to advance God's work. What do we need to do instead? We need to stay focused. That's right. We need to keep on what's important. I switched that thing on my phone to keep me focused, laser focused around the mission at hand. And then I realized I missed loads of calls because it canceled all my calls. They never got through. I'm like, man, it's quiet this week. No one seems to want to talk to me. And then I just had like a million like recordings of everyone like, why don't you answer your phone? I'm like, oh, no. So I switched that off, but I'm still laser focused at the task, but now receiving calls again. Apologies if any of you were affected. Stay focused on what's at hand. All right, I'm going to read another passage. This is from Matthew 24. Man, if you love the Bible, you're having a great time right now. Here we go, Matthew 24. It's Jesus again. Again, he's hanging out with the disciples. Where is he now? He's in Jerusalem, and they're right by the huge temple where all the worship was going on. And there's a little bit of a discourse here. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Um, do you see all these things, Jesus asked. Truly I tell you, no one stone here will be left on another. 
everyone will be thrown down. So I think the disciples are like, wow, it's so big. This is awesome. And Jesus is like, hey, I'll tell you, all of this is going to be flattened. And then as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, it's just across the way from the city of Jerusalem, looking at it, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Goes on a little while. Jesus does a bit of a long answer. So we're jumping a little further ahead. He says this, about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, that's referring to himself, but only the Father. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you did not expect him. So again, that question, so when's this all going to happen? How's this all going to work out? Jesus answers, there's a mystery that even himself, he doesn't know. You're not to know, but remain focused. Keep watch and be ready. Keep watch is often a sign for praying being prayerful, being ready. He gives some illustrations, examples of what that means. He doesn't say, well, just sit there and wait, it'll be fine. He said, actually, there's something you need to do. You're asking the wrong question. What you need to do is say, actually, what am I be praying for now? What do I need to be ready for now? And that is a word for us as Christians today. What are we ready for now? What are we watching and how are we praying as we watch and are we ready? So my final thing, so we've talked about, we have to acknowledge that there's mystery in the world. We have to avoid speculation. It, it, it distracts us away from what we should be doing. But thirdly, we need to act now. We need to get on with it. We have to act and obey on what we do know. And not everything is a mystery. Sometimes people are like, well, you know, I'm not so sure. And does Jesus really, blah, 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 blah. We can mysteryify things. There aren't mysteries. Jesus was really clear. Go and make disciples of all nations. That ties in people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Actually, the Bible speaks as until the gospel is preached to the ends of the earth, Jesus won't return. You know, you're keen to see Jesus return at the end of the world. There's things to do. Actually, not everything around following Jesus is a mystery. So in all those examples, a question has been asked around timing. What's God's timing on this? But the answer has always been the same around action. We read it in that beginning passage in Acts 1. When they were asked, what's, how's Israel, how's this all going to work out? Jesus says, I tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be filled with power from on high, with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be my witnesses here on earth. Matthew 24, when they're looking at the big temple, Jesus then says, you know what you need to do? Keep watch and be ready. In John 9, we must do the works of him who sent me. This is what Jesus says, whilst I'm here, we do the works of him who sent me. Or the letter to Timothy. We must advance the work of God, which is by faith. So all these stories are to do with God's timing. When is God going to act? This idea that, come on, God, do something. Maybe you felt like that sometimes. God, when are you going to do your thing? Come on, get on with it. But really the question is, well, when are you going to do God's thing? When are you going to get on with it? When are you going to act in what God has already asked us to do? Do we have to wait for God to act? Or as Jesus says, well, I want you to act now. But are you going to do that? Is maybe God waiting for us? Jesus' call was really clear. I want you to be filled with power in order to be my witnesses in the world. To be a witness of the Most High God is something that God is asking of all of us, those who follow Jesus, to be a witness to him. 
Now, you might think, well, I'm, I don't know enough. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a churchy type, really. I don't even know why I'm sitting here. In fact, I hardly read my Bible, and I'd never like any of those worship songs. You know, I'm just not sure I'm cut out for this. But Jesus said, I want you to be a witness with your life. Not have you done enough theology and practice, but what do you know about God? What do you know about the mercy of God and the kindness of God? How has God worked in your life? How have you experienced forgiveness? How have you experienced God's kindness to you or his generosity? How have you experienced the reality of the kingdom in your life and through it? Well, that's what you're to be a witness about. So you can't be a witness about other people's stuff. Be a witness about your stuff. What is God doing and how is God been at work in your life? So wherever your feet place you, that is where God wants you to be a witness. And really simply it's saying, actually, I want my life to point to who God is, to reflect something of the goodness of God and to point to Jesus. Whether it's in my words and how I encourage or build people up, how I want to speak encouragement instead of criticism. I want to be kind, but also I want to speak the truth and not avoid speaking truth in situations. Actually, I want to show kindness and gentleness. I want to show a care and compassion to people. Actually, I want to turn up and be around when people are dropping away. I want to be faithful. I want to be able to love people deeply that goes beyond just a token thing. Actually, that's what it means to be a witness is is not just that you've got to be some street preacher on the corner shouting loud. It's just your life speaks of who Jesus is. And that works because of what God has done in your life and how you speak about it. If someone asks you tomorrow, oh, here you go to church, what difference has Jesus made in your life? What would you say? Now, it might be that today you're here and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're on a journey exploring faith. And we're just so grateful for you to be with us. We run the Alpha Course, which is an amazing place for people to explore some of these questions of who Jesus is. But we recognize that God is at work in people's lives. God is at work today. And so sometimes maybe we, those questions of God, when are you going to do something? Maybe it's back on us, God saying, well, when are you going to do something? God, we want to be your witnesses here on earth. We want to hear that and act that out. Not to try and be something we're not. Not to try and do something we're not. You see, with the mystery, maybe we, we look too much of what we don't know rather than looking at what actually we do know about who Jesus is and what God has done in our lives. We want to be a witness we want to keep watch and be ready. I wasn't sure where I wanted to land this, so I'm going to do a quiz, if that's all right, just to make sure you've been listening. I don't think we do enough quizzes in church as part of a sermon, and I'm going to give that a go. This might be the last quiz in a sermon you're ever going to hear. <laughs> quiz question number one. Do you know the date that Jesus will physically return to the earth? No. Okay, good. Question two, do you know who will be in heaven? No. <laughs> yes. Well done. Some are very confident. Oh, yeah, I do. Absolutely. I'll tell you now. Good. Do you know who will win the Rugby World Cup? Yes. Yeah, probably Ireland, in fairness. Um, but no, you don't. Okay, question number four. Should you spend lots of time on speculations and old wives' tales? Unless they're really good old wives' tales. Okay, um, finally, the task at hand is to be God's 
Well done. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are to keep and be ready. Just do that last one again. We are to keep and be well done. You did well there on the old quiz. Very good. Right. A couple of ways we're going to finish this. Um, I'd love to take a moment to pray for you and pray with you. Um, just wondering about maybe doing a little song. Toyozi. Do you want to come and give us a hand with a little song? Come on. I feel a song. Do you feel a song coming on? Well, you've got one coming on. This is the wonderful Toyozi. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> now, Toyozi, we, um, we did this at the 915 service. and Well, I think it's going to go better at the 11. Okay, so um, could we put this mic on? Is this, have you got it loud and clear? Hello. Yeah, nice. Um, Toysie, we just sang a little chorus actually about God's goodness and how God works in our life. Should we sing it? Do you want to teach it to everyone? Sure. So the song goes like this. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me my very soul shall shout hallelujah praise god for saving me you think you can sing that here we go when i think of the goodness of jesus and all he has done for me my very soul And again, when I think of goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my very soul shall shout hallelujah, praise God for saving me. Hallelujah. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Toyozi. So if you're not sure how to be a witness, just sing that song to yourself. Or even better, get Toyozi to sing that song to you. <laughs> so I'm going to do this. We're going to take a little moment to pray. And I'm going to take a moment where we're going to go quiet. And as we pray, it might be that as I've talked about mystery, actually that's, a, that's been a painful thing. Actually there are mysteries. There's things that I don't understand, I don't get, I don't know. And that can be painful for us. I'm going to, in a moment as I pray, just leave a space where you might want to bring those things to God. Say, God, this is a mystery to me. And I want to acknowledge that before you, to acknowledge mystery. And then after that, I'm just going to say really simply, if you want to as a witness, and even today as a bit of a stand, I'm going to invite you to stand up if you want to. And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would fill you with power to be a witness for Jesus. And just to be really clear, that's just between you and God. It's, it's just an act, a prayer act to stand, to say, God, would you fill me again? If you don't want to stand up, that doesn't mean you're a bad person or a bad Christian. We're fine either way. I'm going to pray it anyway. So, but for you, if that would be helpful as a way of responding, just to stand. 
as a witness, then I'll invite you to do that in a moment. Is that okay? So I'm going to pray. We're going to have a little pause. And then I'll invite anyone if they want to stand and I'll pray again. As I do that, I'll invite the worship team to come on up as well. God, we recognize that you are the Lord of our hearts. In fact, you know the secrets of our hearts. And you know all things in a way that we never can. Lord, we want to acknowledge before you mystery. And the way that you work is different from us. There's things that are unknown to us. Things that we can't work out. And Lord, we recognize that um, there can be pain as well in the mystery of things. In this moment now, God, we, we just want to pray and offer to you mysteries, things that we hold before you now. Lord, in your mercy, would you hear our prayer? And so I'm just going to invite you, if you want to respond to God this morning, and just by standing where you are, as a sign that, God, I want to be a witness to you in this generation, in my life and through my life, then I'm just going to invite you to stand now, and I'm going to pray for you. So do stand if you wish to. Lord, thank you for my brothers and sisters here. And this morning we pray, would you come, Holy Spirit, would you release power now on, in this room on one another? power that comes from you, O oh God, to witness to you. Lord, we say, come Holy Spirit, the power to witness to your goodness and your reality. Come Spirit of God. pray for some of you that there would actually be a, a, a loosing of your tongue to speak of God where there's been a bit of a fear to do that, where actually you know there's people that are even hungry or interested in talking to you, that there's been a, a caution. I pray that just now, God, there would just be anointing on your tongue to speak of Jesus, and to speak of who he is, to testify, to share your testimony of God and his goodness. I pray, uh, Holy Spirit, that for people here that this week you would show them who they're witnessing to, that something of the expression of their love, their presence in people's lives is actually something you're using and something you're doing. We pray, God, that spiritual eyes would be opened to seeing what you're doing in the lives of other people. We bless the work of your spirit. Lord, thank you, God. Yeah, no, 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 no. Come, Lord Jesus. Yes, you. And Lord, I pray for all of us. You would help us to be a, a witness to you. In this generation, in this time, where yeah, the world is so in need of love and your love, God, would you help us to be faithful to the call you've given us? I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.